Good morning. Okay. I think I believe you. That's all right. It's good to see you today. And uh, really glad that we can be here together worshiping again this Sunday morning. And uh, as many of you know, uh, we have partnered here at Willow Creek for the past 10-ish years with an organization called Josiah Venture, uh, something that Mandy and myself and the kids have been involved in before we came here about 11 years ago. And uh, you would, if you've been around, you'll be familiar uh, with what we've done there. And you know that the Sandfords tend to kind of disappear to Poland on a regular basis and different things like that through Josiah Venture. Uh, our missionary that we support in Poland, Wukaj and Yola Kropisch, uh, and we saw them through Ukraine and some different things and have had them in and out. And so it's been a real joy and pleasure to partner as one of our deep partnerships, mission partnerships here at Willow Creek. And uh, about, man, 12 or 13 years ago, I uh, got a request to go meet with two guys from Josiah Venture at a coffee culture in Toronto, uh, Mel and Gord. And I got there and they invited me to be a part of the Josiah Venture Canada board to help kind of mobilize churches and youth groups and different things to go over to the ministry. Asked me to be a part of that board for a three-year term. And we just had another meeting last night here in town, 500 years later, still on it. So um, it's really great. Uh, and what they don't know, a little secret, don't, don't tell the guys over here. Um, I've actually been using them for the past number of years because God has used Josiah Venture and these guys that I'm going to introduce in just a second to really shape my discipleship and to shape how we move forward here and getting effective and really getting serious about what Christ has called us to. And I am eternally grateful for this organization just in my own life. And I don't know if you are aware of how much you have been impacted by that, just being a part of this church. And so in just a moment, I'm going to invite Mel Ellenwood to come join me. Mel is the vice president of Josiah Venture. And Kelly is also here. He's part in the U.S., but was in Latvia. And it helps with our organizi organizing, mobilizing, organizing. I can never get the terms right. Anyway, different organizations, U.K., the States, and in Canada. Uh, and so it's really great to have you guys with us today. I, I asked Mel to stick around, and I'm going to give him the microphone and let him take over for the rest of the time to just give us an update on what's going on with Josiah Venture. Uh, but also, um, just to share and encourage to challenge us a bit too in this time. And so I just wanted to take advantage of this opportunity while I had you guys with us. So it's good. So they, they readjusted flights so that they could stick around and be with us here today. And uh, so I'm really glad. And you know what's really awesome? I think Mel cries more than I do. So so this is good. It's I, This is really why I invited you. Can we give Mel a warm welcome as he comes and shares? Thank you. It's Really great to be here with you all. Um, uh, before I moved to the Czech Republic, I was a youth pastor in northern Wisconsin, way up in the middle of nowhere with beautiful trees and lakes, and this feels like home. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> so uh, driving, I do cry a lot, driving up Driving up and seeing all the trees and the colors and stuff. It just, uh, you get to see God's beauty every day. It's pretty amazing. Uh, it's, it's a joy for me to be here and to uh, stand in front of you as representative of Josiah Venture. 
uh, mainly because of our partnership. I, I have always loved the scripture in Philippians where Paul talks about them. And he said, you guys, even when I probably didn't need it, you supported us. You sent people. You came alongside me. And, and that co-laborer is a really important thing. And I think a lot of times uh, it's easy in our church settings to go, okay, we gave offering. We hear about it. Somebody puts a slide up about missions. Uh, but it's a different thing when you really think about biblically what it means to co-labor with somebody that's on the field. Uh, for my family, I've got a picture of my family coming up here. Uh, we've been on the field for 25 years with Josiah Venture. Um, I thought it was going to be like five. And, and so it's been an amazing uh, amazing adventure for Amy and I and our three kids. They grew up through the Czech school system. They speak Czech fluently, my wife too. Me, on the other hand, when we went, I took a language aptitude test. She scored a 98, I scored a 48. <laughs> I knew I was in trouble, but I knew that the Lord called us. And so uh, there we are, uh, 25 years later, I've had the privilege of being the executive vice president, and what that means is I do everything the president doesn't want to do, and I like doing a lot of that. And uh, today, I just want to go through and give you a report of, of what you have co-labored with, right? So it, please, I hope that you don't take any of the numbers, anything that goes up on the screen as kind of a Look at us. JV is really good. Uh, it's all to God's glory and in partnership with you and a lot of other churches that are co-laborers with us. So uh, please take it from that, that heart, okay? So love my family. Uh, all three kids are now married. My two girls live in Colorado and Los Angeles. My son, his wife started um, ministry in Montenegro for Josiah Venture. Uh, so that's a blast, mainly because we get to see our granddaughter often, um, and we really love that. We can go to the next slide. I want to share our, our vision. Um, it's a movement of God among the youth of Central and Eastern Europe that finds its home in the local church, and that, that will transform society, Okay. Yeah, you can flip to the next. There we go. A movement, a movement of God among the youth. Uh, Josiah Venture is really, we're really focused. Uh, it's not a ministry where we go, hey, we'll do anything with anybody at any time. We're saying, uh, actually, the youth of this world are the leverage point for change. And so <clears throat> we want to focus on 13 to 25 because they're the ones, if you read anywhere, any news, any war, anything, they're the ones that are actually uh, making the, the changes in society. And so uh, in, in Central and Eastern Europe, uh, in the countries that we serve in, uh, the church is less than 1%. The evangelical believers, people that follow Jesus, it's less than 1% of the population. I I, uh, I don't know how that hits you. It, it's shocking to me. 
Like uh, every, every hundred people you meet, you might meet a believer. Um, it's, it's not good. And so the church is small. And Josiah Venture is about really building up the church, seeing her radiant. And uh, I think we would be defined as a parachurch organization. We don't like that. We call ourselves a pro-church organization because we only do everything that we do through the local church. So we're not trying to build our kingdom. We're trying to build his kingdom and do it through the local church. Okay? Uh, our mission is to equip young leaders to fulfill Christ's commission through the local church. So what was Christ's commission? Matthew 28, go and make disciples, right? Go and make disciples. And it's one of the, the pleasures uh, for me to be a friend of Jay's and to hear how you guys are digging into that. And personally, uh, going after making disciples of people here uh, around this community. Um, that's where we're going to see impact and we're going to see uh, society changed for Christ is one at a time through people that you meet with and that you show the love of Jesus and help them do that with somebody else, right? Okay. Um, 30 years ago, we just celebrated, uh, this month we celebrate 30 years for Josiah Venture. So 30 years ago, two couples started in Czech and Poland we can go to the next slide. There we go. Czech and Poland. And uh, it was just them and their kids. Here's the, the next slide is them. It's the patties and the hashes. Uh, their first staff meeting, four people with a big dream. Yeah. And today, uh, Josiah Venture is in 15 countries where we have teams uh, we are engaged in four or five other countries where we're building friendships and getting to know them. But it's, it's from, from being there 25 years, it only God could do that. I, I, don't, I can't say that uh, JV has had a fantastic hand in this and we're really smart and clever and have done it. God's really moved across a bunch of nations that want to reach out to young people and see them come to know Jesus through the local church. So here's, here's our team right now. So you saw the four at the beginning. Uh, we break our team up into three groups. It's a multicultural team. First culture, second culture, third culture. First culture is Wukash in Poland, serving in his own community. Uh, Pol Polish, Pol Polak serving in Poland. <laughs> And uh, so we have 220 full-time First Culture staff in JV. Next slide. We have um, 137 Second Culture. So that's like me, somebody that has an American passport and I moved to a different country. So we have 137 Second Culture staff. And the next slide, 98 Third Culture. That's the kids of the Second Culture right? Their culture isn't the same. They don't engage in, in the country. They kind of stand in both worlds. It's a totally, it took me a long time to start to understand that. And what I want you to see, the reason I even put the kids up on here, uh, these guys are amazing missionaries. Uh, they are, they, most of them are 
the single light of Christ in their school. Uh, most of them go to public schools. Uh, they learn the language and their, their light for Jesus. And they take it serious. Um, we're not an organization that pushes that on them, but we really uh, feel like we're family on mission. And uh, a lot of times uh, our, our kids are the ones that open doors for the gospel uh, to teachers, to classmates, and beyond. And so I, I talked with a, we had a pastor come over from Arizona one time for a conference and my wife and I were sitting at the table with him and he said, um, you know why you're here. And I'm like, yeah, there's a vision, there's a mission. He's like, nope, uh, you're here to have great kids, raise those kids up because they're going to be able to impact the world in a way that you, you'll never understand or be able to do that. And I would say it's really true. Uh, we have multiple um, kids of ours that uh, have come back on the field, um, and they get it. Uh, they can speak multiple languages. Like Noah, he moved to Montenegro, learned a completely new language very quickly, and it's shocking. Like, I, I, I'm so thankful for the way that God has built this team. Okay, 30 years. That's a long time. Um, I'm going to give you some numbers, and I'm going to try to put it into perspective. And you guys have come over a lot for a lot of years uh, doing summer camps. Um, when the church is so small, uh, one of our strategies is how do we use something like an English camp or a sports camp to train the youth leader and to train their ministry team how to impact their circle of friends, right? And so one of the things that popped up, and I would say by accident, was English camps. Um, Dave was teaching in the school 30 years ago, and uh, one of the kids came up and said, would you ever do a camp or retreat and teach us English. And Dave's like, no, that doesn't sound fun at all. And uh, they pressed him and pressed him. And so uh, in 1994, they did their first English camp. And uh, uh, I don't have that picture here, but when you look at the picture, there's four or five students that are actually on staff with JV from the very, very first camp. They gave their life to Christ. Um, because it's 1%, uh, that, there's some, there's some um, I don't know, the right word's not coming. Uh, there's an impact of less than 1% believers. And one of the biggest pieces is that uh, all the kids that come to Christ, they don't know another believer. Their parents aren't believers. Their parents weren't believers. Uh, there's nobody around. And, and if I don't know how it has been for you all, I grew up in a Christian home. I had love modeled for me. Uh, I, I knew about God. I, I knew how to read the Bible. There were all those kinds of things. And all of a sudden, we have these young people that are coming to Christ, and they don't know any of that. So... Really uh, trying to do everything and build through the church is how, how we have to engage. 
that problem because there are people that uh, have grown up even through communism that love Jesus, that have given their lives to him and sacrificed for him. Okay, the next slide I want to show you is um, in 30 years, we've done 1,985 camps. 1,985 week-long evangelistic camps. Okay, if you're like me, that number just kind of, it, it all grays out, and you're like, yeah, whoopee, that's super good. I, I, so I was sitting there this morning going, uh, there's got to be a way to break that down to actually impact my heart more. So I'm, I'm not a math whiz, so if my math fails, look past that. Um, but I, I said 1,985 divided by 53 weeks, right? 52. So there I went. I already messed up, but I did it in a better way. 52 weeks. Um, it, it came out to, if we did a camp a week with this average amount of camp, or with this number of camps, it would turn out that we would do, now, now my numbers are off, right? Because I did 30, 53. Uh, 37 years of a camp every week for full, every year, 52 camps for 37 years. Does that make sense? 37 years every week we did a camp and the average amount of people at the camp would be 60 people at the camp. The average amount of young people that came to Christ would be five at every camp. Five young people came to Christ every, every camp, every week for 37 years. I would call that a pretty amazing thing that God is doing. Uh, the truth is, we just do these camps in the summer, right? And they're all stacked on top of each other. And to do 1,985 camps, um, again, is a miracle. All of those camps were done with a local church. They, didn't, they weren't done apart from a local church. That's a miracle. And there are kids coming to Christ and being discipled. And I don't know what the impact of that's going to be, but it's going to be good. <laughs> it's going to raise the number from less than 1% to something else. And I think, you know, when we start discipling, it's really what we're what our, our goal and the way we understand it is trajectory change, right? Um, if a church like this, let's just say half of you are in a disciple-making relationship with somebody, uh, that's, that, that trajectory change cannot, society has to change. You just changed a lot of people's lives that are going to change a lot of people's lives. They're going to change a lot of people's lives. And so I know I'm messing up the numbers here, but 1,985 camps in 30 years, um, the average is four to five young people at every camp come to Jesus. Uh, that's amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And you're part of that. You've been co-laborers in that. Thank you. 
Like that's, I, you, I, I always get really kind of, I don't know, giddy is the word that, that doesn't, I get really happy thinking about, like Paul said, all the riches and blessing that's going to be heaped upon you in heaven because you partnered in Central and Eastern Europe. And some of you go, oh, I just gave five bucks here and there. And it means something. It really does. It's believing that God can change lives and do it by disciple making. You can go to the next screen. This is, this is what it's all about at camp. Yeah. Not the number. Can you switch slides? Yeah, thanks. I didn't know if you heard me. <laughs> okay, I'll let them do that. It's a picture of some students. Um, yeah. We'll click through these numbers here pretty quick. There we go. Young people. All those, that whole group. Uh, at Josiah Venture Camps, the numbers turn out to be uh, really, they average out to be about 50% are believers and 50% are unbelievers. Okay? And over the years, when we average out the, the young people that come to Christ, it's around 16% of the unbelievers come, come to Christ at camp, uh, at each camp. That's amazing. Amazing. Okay, you keep going. Keep going. Yeah, look at these faces. Go ahead. They get the opportunity to hear the gospel. A lot of them for the first time. I have a friend who was a student in my wife's high school, public high school class. And uh, he was a student back then. He's a dad now. Uh, he's an elder in, in a church. And he was an extremely skeptical uh, atheist. But he kept coming back to camp. And I said, Tomas, why do you keep coming back to camp? And he's like, I don't know that I believe what the Bible says. But I cannot I can't get over how you guys love each other. I, I, I don't see it in my mom and dad. I've never seen it in my family. I don't see it with my friends at school. And there's something that's different. You guys aren't faking it. Like something is actually different. And I, 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 keep tr I come to camp to try to figure out what, what that is. I'm like, don't watch it. It's easy. We've been forgiven. Like we have so much. And what you're experiencing is that we are so grateful that Jesus saved us. And he gave his life to Jesus. And he, uh, uh, I will say it this way. He was vacationing in Dubai with his family and got arrested for sharing the gospel. That was a little scary. Uh, he loves Jesus deeply. Okay. We can keep going. I want you to hear a story of a young Albanian boy called Alton. And this is why we do what we do. 
and then I'll come back up. I came from Albania, from a Muslim family, and I have never heard for Jesus before. Yesterday at camp, at the evening speech, I heard the story of the father and the son who left the father, but the father loved him back. And he said that God loves everybody. And in our heart, it's a room for our God, just a room for him that would be empty if we don't love him. I was hoping if God would love me with my sins, why don't I love him? After that, I was praying with our leaders and I accepted Jesus like the savior of my life. Jesus is the person who sacrificed himself for me, for my sins and everybody's sins. And he just loved us like his father did. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling more love for everybody. I was feeling like a new man, like a new person. And uh, I was hoping to get rid of uh, some of my sins that now I don't like it because Jesus don't love it. And I want to love Jesus like he loved me. At this camp, I've found my value at Jesus, so I want to live for it. Jesus changed my life. I can barely take that. Uh, I've watched that video a lot of times, right? And I just can't take it because uh, that was a real special video. They, they, our, our communications team caught him the day after he heard the gospel. Uh, I don't, what amazes me is his theology. <laughs> the day after knowing Jesus, right? Uh, Jesus changed his life. And, and this is happening over and over and over, and you guys are a part of it. Thank you. Thank you for sending teams. Thank you for sending interns. Yeah? It's a big deal. Jesus is on the move. And he's on the move here, too. For those of you that are staying and digging into your communities and loving on others, uh, that's, that is amazing. Okay, um, yeah, we can go to the next slide. Okay, so this year, you know, uh, so for 30, 30 years we had the averages, and the average was like 66 camps um, a summer over, when we average out the 30, 30 uh, years. Uh, this year we did 105 camps after COVID. Like, I'm shocked. I, I don't even know how it happened. I'm, a little later, I'm going to talk about Ukraine. Ukraine. The Ukraine team did 26 camps this summer. Shocking. Young people are hungry. They need Jesus. They're looking for hope. Uh, and and it's, it's showing. 
Uh, the average in the past with the 66 camps was around 3,000 young people. This year, we had 6,000. Double. Amazing. And then uh, 582 professions of faith, 543 reaffirmations of faith. Um, trajectory change. Uh, Europe is in for something. And Jesus is doing something. It's amazing. I hope you feel how excited I am about that because uh, it just really touches my heart. And part of, you know, the other thing, just so you know, this isn't all that JV does. Summer camp isn't the only thing that we do. But we use it as much as possible to, one, evangelize, two, train up leaders, impact the church so they can impact their community all the time. The other thing is our short-term workers. So youth groups, interns. Over the 30 years, we've had 11,521. You can go to the next picture. There they are. Hayden, do you know where you're at? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so it's just a hand? <laughs> okay. Uh, at, at the most, we've had uh, 120 interns in a summer and just slowly building back up after COVID. It's been, that's been pretty rough. But these, these young people make a massive difference uh, in the summer with camps. Okay, keep going. That's, that's a picture of sending them all off. They're praying for each group as they go to their countries. To me, that's beautiful. The other thing that happens throughout the year is training events. Um, and all our countries are doing it, and it's engaging. You know, our, our mission is equipping young leaders to fulfill Christ's commission through the local church. And so really training them and their, their ministry teams how to do youth ministry and, and really do the Great Commission uh, through their youth ministry. Ukraine, yeah. We just did our fall training conference where we invite key youth workers from all over the, we had 18, 18 countries represented, 450 key youth leaders there, and it was amazing. It's, it's a really beautiful thing. Um, go ahead and go to the next slide after that. Nope, back to the football players. I just want to tell a quick story. How long do I have? Okay, what I understood is if I didn't go longer than 55 minutes, you guys would still like me. Because, okay, it won't be that long. Um, this, uh, I was shared this story last week, and it was really heartbreaking to me. Uh, there are 16 young men up there. Uh, we do, uh, uh, we have a uh, sports ministry, and this is the football, the soccer ministry in Romania. Costanza, and um, the, the person that was sharing said, look at these young guys. Out of that group of young guys, how many of them do you think don't know their dads? What would you say? Three, four, over half. Not one of them knows who their dad is. They don't even know who, they don't, they, it's not like the dad divorced and they went on. They don't know who their dad is. 
every single one of those young men. What does that do to society? What does that do? Um, the young man on, the, on your left with the little hoodie thing on, yep, that guy, uh, he's 15, has two kids already, and they don't know their dad. And so the, the couple that runs this, this football team, uh, DU, she said, I, I asked them, um, so how does it impact you that you don't know your dad? And they're like, oh, pff, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, none of us do. It, it's that, that's, and she's like, it has to matter. Like, and, and the more that they talked about it, this young guy on the far left over there broke down crying and said, I, I do wish I knew my dad, and there's no chance of it. Um, all of, he, and he said, the way you can tell if we know our dads or not is which last name we have. None of us have our father's last name. We all have our mom's last name. And, and D.U. said to, to this guy, well, you have two kids. Are they going to have your last name? And he's like, I never, never thought about that. And he goes, I think I would like that. And, j okay, <laughs> I'm sitting listening to this just in shock. I, I can hardly take that all these guys don't know their dads, that there's a 15-year-old with two kids already. Um, but we get the chance every week to be engaged with these guys. Our team does to share the gospel, and slowly, one by one, they're coming to Christ. And it's going to change their whole community. Sixteen young men living for the Lord? Amazing, right? Okay, we can go to the next slide. This is Martin. He's a young kid that was at camp this summer in Slovakia. Um, our leader came to the church leader and said, and we always kind of do this, are there any students here that are you think are going to be problem students. And the camp leader, she said, yes, uh, Martin Bezruki. That's his last name, Bezruki, right? And the, the JV staff guy kind of chuckled because Bezruki means without arm. The, his last name is, his name is Martin without arm. And he goes, so he doesn't have an arm? And she's like, yeah, he doesn't have an arm. He's an orphan that was given the last name without arm. And the kid doesn't have an arm. Like, kind of funny and not funny, right? Um, he's a gypsy kid. So right off, low of the low. Orphan, nobody wants him. Handicapped with no arm. And... Uh, Dono, our JV guy that was at the camp, said, uh, this young guy sucked up every bit of love he possibly could. And when they shared the gospel, he gave his life to Jesus. And um, after, uh, I want to read what he said. Uh, they asked, does anybody want to share anything? And he said, uh, he felt included, loved, and cared for for the first time in his life. 
uh, said, I want to start a new life with Jesus. And so he's standing up in front of church, right? I want to start, I want to start my new life with Jesus. Um, and I'm gay. So picture this young man, orphan, no arm, gypsy, gay. And he feels so loved by the body. Uh, I talked to Dono last week, and he just said, Martin is at every youth group meeting. He's studying the word of God, and God's going to change him, right? And I don't know, you know, our societies, uh, there's just so much junk and politics and crap that goes along with people. And how, how does the body of Christ get through that to see the real thing, right? And that's why I love this story about Martin. Uh, the youth leader didn't say, oh, good grief, no, you can't come to camp. Which, I'm sure that's happened. Uh, and I'm sure that the church uh, that he's a part of now, it is extremely uncomfortable for them to have him there. Guaranteed. Uh, but they're stepping out, right? And he's, he's finding Jesus. We don't know what soil he is yet. We pray that he's good soil, right? And that God uses him. Okay, um, I'm almost done. Uh, you guys uh, have, you had Wukash come and talk about the impact of the Ukraine war uh, in Poland and what Fala was doing with all of the people flowing across the border. Um, I'm, I just have to say as a leader of JV, I am really touched and honored by how our team pivoted in war. Uh, we are not an aid organization. We don't, we don't know anything about it. And uh, our organization really filled a gap in those early months when nobody else could get in and do anything. Uh, we were sending truckloads, truckloads, two or three truckloads a day from Czech into Ukraine with food. Amazing. I don't, I don't even know how our staff knew how to do that. They figured it out. Um, uh, food would get put in a truck in Czech Republic, driven to Ukraine, take a day, get to a warehouse in the center of Ukraine, church and our staff, churches all around and our staff would separate out into bags, get those bags into vans, we bought a lot of vans. Other ministries bought a lot of vans just to give, to just start hauling food and bringing back people, right, from the war, from the front. And uh, people in the front, within two days, were getting that food that started in check. Two days. That's better than Amazon. Like, like that's, ama that's amazing. And no infrastructure to really... I mean, we didn't study it. We didn't do anything. Uh, God's people really stepped up. Um, our little church in 
in Czech, we took a whole community, 30 women and children, into our church. Um, there are Ukrainians all over Central, Central and Eastern Europe and Western Europe now. Uh, but I am, I am so thankful how our team pivoted. And the Ukrainian team... Uh, Uh, one, of, one of the hardest things is that in war, uh, a lot of, you know, the husbands didn't want their, their wives and kids to be shot at, rockets sent that. So uh, Christians, unbelievers, sent, were just sending their, fam their families out. Uh, millions, right? And so for the pastors... They sent their families out too. And then you have a lot of pastors that are in their city, uh, especially on the front line. And it's just absolute devastation. Can you go to the next slide? There's the Ukraine team. Um, that was, that was uh, last winter. And they've already added five new families to their team. And... Uh, God's doing something like uh, the, the amount of training. I'll show you some slides. The amount of training, the amount of camps. They were doing like 12 camps a summer and they were maxed out. They did 26 during war. I, I don't, that, that, those are only things that God can multiply. I, I, I don't get it. Next, next one. Look at that devastation. I mean, these pastors living there, or they're, they're not leaving because they want to be light to those people that are stuck there. And so one of the things with finances that were given to JV for Ukraine, um, there was initial stuff of getting food in, people out. We're past that. We're still doing some food stuff. But now it's going, how do you rebuild? Uh, and we're still in war, so what do you rebuild? And so we got to rebuild the churches. Not the building, the, the body of believers there. So you have a pastor who has no, there's nobody from his church there anymore. They're all gone. There's no money there. And so we were able to, with all of our partnering churches that we've previously partnered with, is to give some kind of monthly stipend for the pastor so that he could stay there. And one of the most beautiful testimonies that I know, so... Um, Ukraine, especially Eastern Ukraine, is mainly Orthodox. Um, and uh, the, the evangelical believers and the Protestant churches are the ones that are doing all the aid stuff, handing out food, clothing, all that. And, and testimony after testimony of people standing in line for this food, um, they... Over and over what they hear is, uh, my church isn't doing anything. You are, now my, you are now my new church. Period. The churches are starting to get tons of people that are coming to church that really don't know Jesus and are, are hearing the gospel for the first time. And war is so ugly, nasty, evil. Like there's, there's all of it. It's awful. And God's doing something. I, I often wonder when I pray about all of it, I, 
I wonder if God is going to use Ukrainians to spread the gospel throughout Europe. I, it's, it's just shocking how all, all of this stuff is working out and the impact that Jesus is having in Ukraine. Oh, that last slide, I don't know if you noticed, <laughs> it's which kind of rocket has landed in different places. Um, we have a JV staff that's in Lviv, so the far west, and they get a rocket here and there. A uh, rocket hit his apartment building. They were in it and just devastated it. Uh, thank God they weren't hurt, but I mean, it's, it's real. Like, people are being shot at, killed. It's, please God. Uh, when you guys think of Ukraine, continue to ask God to stop the war. Like, it's, it, it's awful, okay? Uh, they're doing leadership training. 2022, 23, they did 100 leaders from 14 churches this, this year, 145 leaders from 18 churches. It just keeps growing. There, being, there are churches that are being planted everywhere. Like, it's, it's shocking. There is new wine in new wineskins. Next screen, 1,450 Ukrainian campers. I, 167 young people gave their life to Christ. Again, trajectory change. It just takes a little bit of people staying on and just following Jesus, right? This is the two main leaders for the ministry in Ukraine, Sasha and Ben. So in 22, they did 298 projects with partnerships with local churches and organizations. And that was, that was mainly through the funds that everybody sent um, to JV to help with Ukraine. And these, I mean, they're really picky about what they get that they're a part of, but it's, it's just pushing the gospel even further. This year, 250 projects. It's... Be praying for Ukraine because God, God is at work big time there. Um, if you can pause that, uh, it's a privilege again to be here with you. Uh, please know that we count you as co-laborers in this. All these numbers, all this stuff is counted toward you in heaven. And I want to leave with a song. Um, uh, it was written by a pastor in California. Uh, my daughter goes to the church, and they recorded this right as the war started. Uh, so my daughter's singing in Ukrainian, and uh, it's just peace be still, right? So I want to leave you with that. And while you're watching that, listening to it, pray for Ukraine. Pray for Josiah Venture. Ask God to continue to raise up young leaders and raise up young people that will change society because they're following him. And I would say pray for you guys, that that's, that's true of you, that you are raising up people in your communities that are willing to follow Jesus at, at all costs, and you're going to see that trajectory change, making disciples who make disciples. It's slow, but it, the impact of it is unstoppable. Thanks. Thanks.